Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Love it, love it, love it. What a great day to be in church as we launch our courageous campaign. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new to church, my name is Tim Blevins and it's my honor to be the lead pastor. If you've been around for a while, it's probably worth me introducing myself again because for the last two weeks, Bailey preached and then Harriet preached and they did such a good job. I was afraid that you wouldn't care if I came back or not. So I am back. I'm back to take my pulpit back from those great preachers. But um, what a great day. You love the video. If you like the video, give it a clap. Awesome, awesome. Well, we have some exciting things going on today. I can't wait to share with you about our courageous campaign. I'm going to take about 15 minutes on that, and then I'm going to preach for about 15 minutes, and then um, we'll celebrate together. It's going to be a great day. But to begin with, I have some, a gift for you. And so we have people that are prepared to hand out all these gifts. And so look to your sides. Their gifts are coming out. If you have your brochure out, maybe lift it up in the air and wave it at me so I know you've got your brochure. Awesome. From the front to the back, it's a good sight to see. Hey, I want to go through this brochure because I know you're not going to listen to a thing I say until you get a chance to go through it. So we're going to go through it together for just a moment. And so if you would open up to the very front page, the inside left of the cover, is Ryan Big there with You Belong Here. I can't think of a better person to tell you that, but um, you do belong here. You belong in this church, you belong in this campaign, and I'm so glad you are here to, to be a part of it today. On the next page is a little story about Joab. In my message today, in about 15 minutes, I'll share about Joab. You may want to come back to that page. This is where we named our, our, our um, campaign out of this verse and out of this uh, text here. On the inside, our next up, where it has defining moments. I want to go through some of these defining moments because they're a big part of who we are as a church. And so let me just share with you that on April 11, 2004, we launched Life Church at Bradley Creek Elementary School. And we, we had somewhere over the course of a year about 100 people come. Uh, anyone besides Jody? Jody was here at the elementary school. Is anybody here was at the elementary school? All right, so that's how far we've come, Jody. You're, you're the longest one so far, so God bless you, man. You still love me, and you're still here. Awesome, man. Love you. Um, so we launched out of, uh, out of the school there in 2004. A couple years later, we moved to the Nevada Bob's Golf Shop, which which was a little store that we remodeled and turned it into our church. There's a miraculous story around that. I'm not going to share it today, but we talk about it in our Next Step class, and so you'll have to come to Next Steps to hear that class. And by the way, did you notice my throat a little bit, a little bit froggy today? I have a little cold. I'm sorry. So um, I, I don't mean to be a little froggy. I can't help it. Just got a little cold. Um, after church today, I will not be out in the lobby to shake hands today because, you know, I want to be respectful of the little cold I have. And I don't want to I don't want to pass that on to you. I want to pass on courage today and not my little cold. So um, January 29th, we moved um, Bradley Creek Elementary School. August the 2nd. We moved out of the elementary school into the Independence Mall. Do we have any Independence Mall attenders? Yeah, there's lots of you. Yeah, woohoo, I love it. 
So we moved into the mall. It was a great season there. Uh, we have another miraculous story tied to that. Uh, once again, come to the Next Step class, I'll tell you that story. On October 2011 was a very monumental time for us as a church, and we took our first significant mission trip to Uganda. That was an amazing trip we took. Um, over the next six years after that, we were able to help with a school. Uh, we built a church, a feeding center. It was just such a, a, a moment for us as a church. What I liked about it is, is we were able to turn from serving ourselves to serving nations, and I think that's important. So um, now, in October 2015, um, we came to the place while we were in the mall knowing we needed to move out of the mall into our own facility, and so we bought 17 acres of land. Then in 2018, a few years later, September 11th, uh, we moved into this location. And the reason we did that was because while we were at the mall, the mall sold to new developers, and the new developers, they wanted to put a, um, uh, what is it, Lytle that's down there at that end of the mall now, and um, Dick Sporting Goods, which I was glad about that, but, but they, they kicked us out nonetheless, and so they, they moved us out, so we came here for our portable church situation. It's been a blessing, but it also has some, some ceilings to all that we can do. Interestingly, we moved here on September 11th, 2018. Three days later, Hurricane Florence hit our city, and not only was it difficult on our entire city, super difficult on us as a church because there was so much change and transition going on. People were hurting. People were struggling through that season. It was a setback for us. But in spite of that, our church was continuing to be generous. And in February of 2019, we paid off the land completely, owned it free and clear. That was huge for us. Then just about a year later, uh, March of 2020, we all remember COVID hits uh, our world. And of course, you know, our whole world's suffering. Our church, you know, experiences setbacks with that as well. Um, we courageously stepped back into church and began to hold church services um, really early. And um, I'm proud of us for our courage in that. But in the midst of all this, we came to the place of understanding that the COVID-19 had caused the pricing on construction to escalate two times on the building that we wanted to build on our property. And I've shared about this in the past, and um, there's a little bit of heartbreak with it because we had our hearts set on building on that land. But when the cost escalated from 3.2 up to over $6 million, we knew that was not the right decision for us to try to build on that land. So we, we pivoted. Everybody remember the pivot series? We pivoted. So we pivoted and we said, God, what do you have for us next? Because if we can't build there, I know you haven't forgotten us. And so he came through on his promise that he always has a plan for us. And that was when we found and were able to secure the lease on the old jelly bean skating ring on Oleander. And you can see there we signed a 15-year lease on that facility. And I'm really excited about the day we get to walk into that new building. Now, what's that new building going to look like when you walk in? Well, turn the page. And that's a picture of the interior of the building that you're going to go to. It's going to be so great. So if you notice on the top of the page, 
Um, there's a little place for like a drive-through, so you'll have a little place that when it's raining, you know, the, the, the courageous men can let off their wives and they can get out. Um, and so um, they'll stay dry, but um, you'll come in, there's a, you see the little orange area that's there? That's kind of a, the first part of the lobby, but probably the most important thing you want to know is right beside that is the coffee shop. And so we'll have coffee there, a full-blown coffee shop in there. I'm really excited about that. Behind that is a kitchen, there are the bathrooms, and then there are the offices. Now back to that orange, if you were to march forward to the other orange area, you would find a gathering space, and if you were to go left, you would go into a 600-seat auditorium, which is amazing. Um, just to give you a little sense of size, we set up about 325 chairs in here today. So almost twice as many chairs and capacity will be available there. That'll be great. Um, in that orange, if you go to the other direction, you go into a really large, amazing kid space that'll be fully locked down and, and it'll be just an amazing, huge space for our children. And, um, and we always want to put our emphasis in our kids' ministries because they're just so important. And so, um, so that's the interior of it. There's lots of other little parts there. Um, the four round tables in the pink there are our next step room. Um, there's actually a place in the pink down at the bottom um, that's a volunteer room, so volunteers, we're going to put lockers in there, and you'll be able to store your purses while you serve and all those good things. So it's going to be great. Um, looking forward to that little out, um, the way it looks on the outside of the building there. It's going to be great. So love it, love it, love it. Um, let's turn the page. Now, when we think about our building campaign, we think about raising money. Um, what I want to do is to not focus on the money and focus on what God can do when we move into that building. The fruit of the fundraising campaign will, one, be that we can reach our city in ways that we cannot today. Uh, I'll share a little bit more about that later, but, but that's the heart of who we are, is to reach our city. And so this campaign will give us the ability to reach our city. On the next page, you'll see we also want to build our church community. We want our, our church body to have more opportunities to, to fellowship, uh, to have worship nights, to have discipleship nights, and there's so much more that we can do in a new building. And then the last part is you'll see that um, we have a long-term vision, and so getting into this building will be able to give us the ability to think not only for the immediate needs, but for generations to come. And so that's what we want to do with this campaign. So if you'll turn one more page, I want to pause here and go through the frequently asked questions, but I'm going to take a quick drink of water if you don't mind. Such an awkward moment. <laughs> Thank you. Frequently asked questions. <clears throat> so what is the purpose of this campaign, of Courageous Campaign? And the purpose of the Courageous Campaign is to engage our entire church in giving time, money, resources, and energy to accomplish those strategies that I spelled out just a moment ago. And so we want to be able to do more for the kingdom of God, and we believe this building will give us that capacity. What is the financial goal of this, of this campaign? Our financial goal is to raise $1.5 million dollars over three years. And the second part of that goal is to have 100% participation of our church. And so I believe that if everyone does their part, 
we'll achieve whatever dollar amount God has for us. And so my biggest win for this is to engage everyone in our church to participate. Why are we doing this now? Well, I think the simple answer is because the mission of Jesus requires it. Uh, we, need to, we need to be able to move forward. Our church is 18 years old, and as an 18-year-old church, we need to move out of our adolescent years and into the years where we make a significant impact in our city. We believe the building will give us a greater opportunity to do more than we've ever done. We believe that we can use this facility to disciple more people and to disciple more people on how to disciple more people. And so we're just excited about being able to move forward into this building. And I feel like the season, the timing is for us now. We've been in this wonderful space for about three years now. And, you know, as great as it is, I think at some point the, the thrill of this space and setting up and breaking down we're going to lose that thrill at some point, and we're going to need this new space. So now is our time. So when will this campaign begin? We're going to kick off the campaign, well, sort of today because we're talking about it, but our giving commitment part will not begin until June, and it will go through June of 2025. Um, on June 12th will be our Commitment Sunday. And so in your packet, we gave you these commitment cards. Now, this commitment card is not for today, so please don't fill it out and hand it to us today. This is for June 12th. What I'm asking you to do is to take this card home, read it, pray about it, and begin to ask God for your commitment so that on June 12th, you can bring this card with you and you can then turn it in then and hopefully by then, we have built such a sense of excitement, enthusiasm in your heart that every one of us will participate. Amen to that? Amen. Okay, awesome. Well, listen, you can read the rest of that and um, catch up uh, any other frequently asked questions you have. The next page talks about creative ways to give. And then you get to the part that says Courageous Week 1. And you can place your finger there for just a minute. I do want to answer a question that I think will come up. And it's about $1.5 million. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a lot of money to me. Um, and it is a lot of money, $1.5 million. And can our church, one, raise $1.5 million? Absolutely. Um, we have enough people. We have um, the resources. And um, yes, we can do it. And I don't have any problem with that. But $1.5 million seems like a lot of money um, with what we're doing. And so I want to give you kind of a... A, you know, a quick you know, math equation here on why we need $1.5 million. And so the first thing is you're going to see is to renovate that skating ring and turn it into Life Church, it's going to be an estimated cost of about $2.5 million. Now, it's a very large building. It's 26,000 square feet. <clears throat> and we have to add walls throughout the entire building. Nothing inside of it is anything that we can use. We can't use the current bathroom, so everything has to be rebuilt inside of that so it doesn't look like the jelly bean skating ring. Anybody ever been to the jelly bean skating ring? All right, so lots of people. So it's, listen, it's, we all have a little good story about it or something like that, but um, we, we don't want to go to the jelly bean skating ring to church, and so we have to renovate that. Now, 2.5 seems like a lot of money. If we'd have done this about a year and a half ago, that probably would have been 1.5. But that's just the where, that's where we are today in our current culture and, and economy. And so, so we're going to have to uh, take the step. So renovate it 2.5. FFE, that stands for Furnitures, Fixtures, and Equipment. 
And so in that building, we're going to need chairs. And I mean, we've got these lovely plastic black chairs, um, but we're going to put in really nice, actual real church chairs at some point, And um, they cost money. Um, we're going to want to outfit our entire coffee shop. Um, you know, having, I don't know what you put in a coffee shop, but something that makes all those fancy drinks, um, espresso machines and all that, that stuff costs money, you know, and you're going to want that stuff. You're going to want to come in and order espresso. You're going to be so glad you donated to that espresso machine. So, but, um, but think about all the lighting, the equipments, um, you know, an auditorium is filled with sound equipment, all that. We will use some of this, but, you know, we're moving into a substantially larger facility, so it will acquire more than what we have today. Um, so all the furnitures, kids' spaces, I mean, all our kids' spaces, they're going to have to have cribs and everything to make those exciting and great for our children. Um, all the little comfy chairs out by the coffee shop, all of that is going to come up to be about a million dollars. On the next line, though, you see margin for stability. We want to put about a half a million dollars in the bank for us as a church. <clears throat> I do not want us to be living as a church month to month and sweating out monthly payments because the moment we start sweating out monthly payments, then there's pressure on us to always be focused on money. I don't want us to be a money-focused church. I want us to be a ministry-focused church. And so in order to do that, though, we need to be a grown-up church. And grown-ups have margin in their accounts, and they don't live on everything they bring in. And so we're going to build that margin for us. The other thing that does for us is it allows us to prepare for the future. Because we want to have the opportunity when right opportunities come our way, whether it be planting another campus one day, whether it be buying new property one day, we want a seed amount of money that's already prepared for us to move forward. That's legacy money that is, that is margin for our stability. And I want us to be a really stable church. I want you to attend a church that when you come here, you know that the finances are operated with such excellence that you don't have to worry about how things are being managed and we always have margin. Can I get an amen on that? Amen, amen. All right, well, listen, um, the last thing I want to say to you is um, about this campaign, um, and we'll talk more about this, but Harriet and I have already set aside our time to pray about our commitment to the campaign, and um, we would be ready today, because we knew this was coming, but we would be ready today to turn our card in, and um, I will be honest with you, this is going to be the, the boldest and most courageous gift um, season that we've ever had. And I'll tell you that not to brag on us, but to say that leaders always go first. And, um, and so we want you to know that we're all in with this. Um, this is our passion. This is what we believe God's called us to. And so I want to lead us by leading first. And so I will not uh, divulge what we're going to give. I don't think that's uh, a place for, for what we need today. But I will tell you that um, it's a stretch and it's courage. And, and I'm honored that God has placed that on our heart. Can I get an Amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, 15 minutes of a message. You ready for a message today? All right. Um, on your book, in your book, it says Courageous Week One. And I want you to write on the top of that page, am I courageous? It's a question. It's a question of, uh, that you should contemplate. You should consider, am I courageous? Do I have the courage to obey God when things are difficult? Do I have the courage to, to step forward when there's resistance? Do I have that kind of courage? Today, I hope to inspire that kind of courage in your life.
Earlier, I referred to the story of Joab. Joab had great courage. He inspired courage in others. The story that I'm going to share with you is about the Israelites. Joab is the commander of the army for David of the Israelites. Now, the Israelites were in a position where both the Ammonites and the Syrians were about to attack them. And they had surrounded them. The Bible says that they were in the front of them and they were behind them. In other words, there was no place for the Israelites to go. By, by means of circumstances, they should be defeated. They should start whimpering in their walls. But Joab had courage. Joab didn't retreat. Joab set into motion a plan to move forward regardless of the circumstances that were surrounding him. And you know, that's always going to be the case in our life. You're going to find times when you are called by God to step into things where circumstances seem to be pushing back against that. Joab did not retreat. He moved forward. He inspired in his people to move forward as well. So he had this rally cry. I'll read this, this verse to you. This is the rally that he gave to the troops. And he said this in 2 Samuel chapter 10, 12. He said, be courageous and let us show ourselves courageous. Why? For the benefit of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is right or what is good in his sight. You know, I told you to write on the top of your page, am I courageous? Well, the Bible answers that question for Christians that we should be courageous. That, that is the, the call of us is to be courageous. Let me define courage for you. Courage is the ability to do something in the face of resistance, difficulty, and adversity. It's the, it's the decision we make to move forward when there's obstacles in front of us. It's the decision we make to, to step into something that seems difficult, but you know God's called you to it. It's that decision to, to say, yes, Lord, when the enemy is pressing against you saying no. To be a follower of Jesus Christ, you must have courage. We see courage in everyday people. We see courage in high school students that remain faithful to God in an environment of sex and drugs and gender confusion. Amen? We see courage in a college student who keeps a biblical worldview when a large majority of his peers or her peers and professors are pushing immoral and anti-biblical values. Amen? We see courage in a parent who stands up to a school that's pushing LGBTQT and gender studies upon their students. Amen? Courage. We see courage in someone turning in their 30-day free chip at Celebrate Recovery. It's courage. That's the kind of courage we're looking for. We see courage in someone who chooses adoption over abortion. We see courage in someone attending church for the very first time. It's a little bit intimidating to show up to a whole group of people that you don't know. If you're here for the first time, God bless you. We love your courage. 
We see courage in someone asking for prayer over healing, for healing over sickness in their life. We see courage in someone that chooses to forgive someone who has harmed you on purpose. It takes courage to forgive them. It'd be so much easier to hold bitterness. We see courage in someone who breaks a family cycle of abuse and poverty and learns to live out of a place of victory. We see courage in someone who volunteers in church for the very first time. We see courage in people who faithfully give of their tithes and offerings month in and month out, knowing that there are obstacles to that. I see courage. Courage is a core characteristic of being a Christian. Can I get an amen? amen. Listen, if Jesus had had no courage, imagine this. Imagine if Jesus had had no courage and it was time for you know, his season to go to the cross and, and, and he had no courage though. What, what would it have been if he'd have said, oh my goodness, I need a safe room because people are upset with me. That's kind of funny. But courage, no, he had courage. Because of his courage, he went to the cross for us and he died on that cross, a painful death. Without courage, imagine the story of Daniel. You know the story of Daniel in the Old Testament? If he had had no courage, you know what he had courage? Because the king made a declaration that no one could pray to their God. They all had to pray to him. Daniel had courage and he prayed anyway to his God. They, were, they threw him into the lion's den. Imagine if Daniel had no courage. We wouldn't have had the story of how God protected him when he stood for what was right. Courage. Without courage, the Apostle Paul, imagine the Apostle Paul, what all he endured in his life. The Apostle Paul had courage, but if he'd had no courage, he would never have faced prison several times. He would never have endured the beatings and the lashes and the stones that were cast upon him. He would not have survived shipwrecks and been bit by a viper. And yet, because of his courage, he succeeded in three near impossible mission trips that spread the gospel around the old world. Without Paul's courage, we wouldn't have some of these most inspiring verses. Paul wrote that if God is with us, then who can be against us? Listen, he wrote that because he knew what it was like to have the enemy against him and have people against him. But he said, who can be against us when God is for us? Or in the book of Romans, Paul wrote this. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Listen, he was not ashamed of the gospel in the face of people that were persecuting him, in the face of government that was shutting him down. He was not afraid of the gospel to share it. We need people, we need Christians like that today, amen? Paul said also in 1 Corinthians, <clears throat> he said, thanks be to God. He gives God glory. He said he gives us, God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he can declare victory because he faced the defeats. He, defa he faced the enemies of life. Paul had courage. Christianity without courage is just cowardly religion. And I don't think I pastor a church like that. Man, I pastor a church that's just so full of courage and stands up for what's right, lives for the kingdom, not ashamed of the gospel. 
I love you, church. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. To be a real Christian and make a real difference with your life, you'll have to have courage. Joab, he had that kind of courage. He inspired his men to have that courage. And he gave them this rally cry. Three things that he said to them. And the first is he gave them a call for a vision. He wanted them to know what they were fighting for. He wanted them to know why this battle mattered. Why are we going to war? Why are we going to risk it? Why are we going to step out in courage? Without a good why, I don't know that they would have stepped forward. But he said this. He said in 2 Samuel, he said, he said be courageous. Show ourselves courageous. And then he says, for the benefit of of our people and the cities of our God. In other words, he's like, that's why we're doing it. That's the reason why we're going to battle. That's why you're going to risk it. It's for our people and it's for our city. Today, I wanna just say to you that we have a reason for courage at our church. We have a vision to live out. We have a purpose to, to succeed in. I believe that as we succeed in this vision, this courageous campaign that we'll be able to reach our city in a way that we have not been able to do in the 18 years that we've been a church. We've had great seasons. We've done great things. No criticism of our past. I have no regrets, but I have a lot of vision for what we can do. I look forward to the day that we can have backpack drives at our church and we can pack the stage full of backpacks that go to schools. I look forward to the days that we, we have outreach events on Easter that bring people to church. I look forward to those days. Today we spend a lot of energy and a lot of time in our portable mentality. We have a lot of volunteers that spend a lot of time and I'm so grateful for everyone that sets up and breaks down. You're amazing people. I can't wait though to help refocus some of them into places of outreach and serving in our city so that we get to move from serving ourselves into serving others. Our building is located on Oleander Drive now. Oh man, we, got, we have got the most visible spot. Someone told me the other day that we're gonna go from the least visible church to the most visible church in the city because we're right on Oleander. It's gonna be like, bam, there we are. And what's gonna happen is, is people are gonna visit our church Listen, just because we're there and they're going to step in and we're going to have opportunity after opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Joab gave him a reason why. Our reason is for the people. The other reason is, is I want to build community in our church. <clears throat> One of the values of a church is always in its community and the relationships that we build, the strength that we give to one another, the ability to, to pray for one another, to lift one another, but that comes through those relationships. Our church needs a home so that we can build a community of believers together. And so in our own home, we'll have space to do that. Today after church, here's what's gonna happen today. Um, we have to, as soon as we end the service, Y'all all have to start set, breaking down the chairs. And, and, and a lot of you can be like, oh, I need to go. Um, and, and I don't blame you. I mean, you know, like, hey, we got to get a lunch. But so what happens is, though, is church becomes a quick in and quick out. And we miss the community aspect. Also, in a portable situation, we, we can't host on a regular basis worship nights and healing nights and prayer nights. And, um, you know, we, we miss out on those things. Um, our youth... 
um, they, they, they do their best to meet over at our office complex, but when they get their own space, they're going to explode. Sisterhood, oh my goodness, when they get their own space, it's going to explode. It's going to be amazing. Celebrate Recovery gets to come home. Um, you've, been, you've been portable plus portable, so um, you get to come home, and it's going to be amazing. The coffee shop, you know you're going to want to come hang out at the coffee shop, and you're going to be sipping coffee with one of your girlfriends, and you're going to be talking, and, and, and community builds that way. We'll have conferences and we'll have midweek discipleship nights. It's going to be amazing. We'll be able to build, build our community together. That's why we're doing this campaign. It's not about the money. It's about reaching people and building community. Amen, church? Amen. So Joab, he called for vision. We have vision, plenty of vision. The next thing Joab did is he called for participation. So he said this in 2 Samuel 10, 12. He said, be courageous, be courageous. In other words, he was calling for them to step into the battle with him. He was calling for them to participate. And that's what I'm asking us to do. I'm asking every one of us to participate. <clears throat> I'm not going to determine how much you give or how you give. Any of that capacity, that's not mine to do. That's between you and the Lord. But I am, as your pastor, asking passionately that everyone participate. We're going to get our children involved. They're doing their own campaign. Our youth are going to do it as well. Everyone is going to participate. Why? Because when we build this thing out and you walk in that first day and that first person gives their life to Christ on that first service we're there, I want you to say, I'm a part of that. I did that. I helped. And I want all of us to be able to be a part of what God is doing. And so I'm calling you to participate. And I believe that there is significantly greater favor and anointing on a church when everyone participates in a church, when it's not just 20% of the church doing it and 80% are watching it. We are flipping that to where we're all in on this. And I believe that when we're all in, momentum is built, there'll be a surplus of resources, and I believe we'll be a really healthy church that God can work through. Amen? <clears throat> How's my voice doing? You doing okay out there? I'll rest it later. Thank you, Lord. Joab next, after he called for their participation, he called for action. And he said this, he said, be courageous. And then he said, and let us show ourselves courageous. Let us show ourselves. Like there just had to come a minute, a moment that every warrior had to pick up their sword and step forward. I mean, there has to be a moment when courage turns into action. There has to be a moment when you, when, you, when you do that thing. You know, you say, God, I heard you, now I obey you. For the Israelites that were surrounded, I mean, front and back surrounded, they probably were afraid. They, they probably were scared for their life. They probably had doubts. Wouldn't you have doubts in that moment? But... They took courage, they trusted God, and they stepped forward. I think one of the best ways to describe courage is that courage looks at fear and steps forward anyway and just says, I'll do it anyway. I'll do it afraid. Everybody say, do it afraid. Sometimes we just got to do it afraid. In this campaign, I'm going to call for action. On the 12th of June, I will ask you to bring your commitment cards. I'll ask you to take that step. Between now and then, you begin to pray. 
you begin to say, God, what do you want for me? And the reason I'm doing this is not because I want your money. I've never been about building steeples. I'm always about building people. But I want what God wants for us as a church. And I'm willing to be courageous and talk about money and talk about the things that inspire us to, to give and to be courageous because I want to reach more people for Jesus Christ. Listen, my mission in life is to make more disciples. Our mission as a church, because that's what the word says, is to go make disciples. That's our mission. And if this is going to be the catalyst that moves us to where we can make more disciples and make a bigger difference in the city, then I am 100% all in. And Harriet and I will take the biggest step of courage and we'll make the biggest contribution that we possibly can because it's worth it. Amen? And I want you to pray and say, God, would you give me that kind of passion for my church, for the vision, for our city, for lost people? And that's why I will call you to take action. Amen. Amen. So at the bottom of that page, at the top you wrote, am I courageous? At the bottom, I want you to write this. I am courageous. I am courageous. Let's just say that together. One, two, three. I am courageous. So my call for you today is to take your brochure home, read it, because I didn't read it all to you. There's some other really great stuff. And shout out to Bailey who designed this, by the way. Bailey Holmes, <clears throat> great work. So look, there's even a little place for you to write your name on the front. It's really great. Now, here's the other part. Would you please bring it back next week? Um, we do not have enough of these to give to you week after week. So you got yours, you bring it back next week. We'll bring it to all, we'll have some for all our guests next week. But bring this back next week because I'll refer to that guide as we go through it. <clears throat> and the last thing I'm asking of you today is would you commit to making a commitment on June 12th? Just would you commit to making a commitment? That's all I'm asking you to do. Just pray about it and say, God, I, we just want to honor you. We want to be courageous. Whatever you say to us, we'll do. If you'll do that, God will bless everything we're doing. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Awesome. Well, church, thank you for being here today. Thank you for working through my little scruffy voice. <clears throat> I'll lay on the couch and watch golf and rest it the rest of the afternoon. Doesn't that sound glorious? Woo. Some of you young parents are like, man, I, that day will come. Um, hey, before you go, though, I have... Um, I have an invitation for anyone who has never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the invitation is for you today to receive him, have your sins forgiven, and begin a brand new life through Jesus Christ. Most likely there are people that came in here today with all kinds of hurts and all kinds of things that are holding you back and pains in life and some of you, though, have never met Jesus who helps you through those pains, who carries you through those, strengthens you through it. And today I want to invite you to a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that you're loved by God. He loves you. It's not based on anything you've done. Listen, there's no way you can be good enough or bad enough to lose his love. He just loves you. The reality is those all of us have sinned and we've all missed the mark. We've all, we've all messed up in life. There's no perfect people here. No perfect people on this platform. And it's that sin that separates us from God. And without 
Jesus, we stay separated. But Jesus came to earth, he died on the cross, and he took the punishment that I deserved for my sin upon himself so that I'm free from that and I can then walk into a relationship with, with God. And so Jesus did that. He did it for me, he'll do it for you today. If you choose him, if you accept the gift of God by grace of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so would you just bow your heads in this moment? I'd love to have just a, a very private, personal moment with some people that are here today that have never accepted Jesus. And I'm asking you to have a, a moment of courage in your life. A moment of courage to say, I choose Jesus. And then your second step of courage is I'm asking you to raise your hand to me and say, Pastor Tim, today I wanna to be saved. I want to know Jesus as my savior. If that's you, would you courageously lift your hand to me and let me see your hand? Thank you, Lord. Let's all say this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I know I've sinned. I turn to him for forgiveness today. I receive it. And as of today, I'm saved. I'm whole, I'm brand new. I choose to live for Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Amen. God bless you, church.